0: Hello and welcome to the program UFO warning in this episode we're talking about strange things in Arizona skies that's correct strange things in Arizona skies now to begin with we'll look at this article from the drive.com they do a lot of good work over there talking about some of the strange things that the US military has encountered uh, in the skies over Arizona now this first article comes to us from the drive.com like I said the title says pilots are seeing some very strange things in Arizona's military training ranges and then the subtitle says, U.S. fighter jets are having worrisome aerial encounters in Arizona's restricted air combat training areas, which fits with a broader trend. And this is written by Joseph Trevithick and Tyler Rogaway, published uh, August 2nd, 2023. Now, whenever I see that U.S. pilots are having trouble, quote-unquote, with these UFOs, it's concerning because we just can look at yesterday's podcast where uh, George Knapp revealed that... Uh, a ufo had literally shut down a nuclear uh, missile site in ukraine back when the soviets ran it and the missiles were threatening to be launched so they were not just shutting it down but they were taking control of them and almost as if they were acting in a threatening manner toward uh, the russians there that that at that time uh, still occupied uh, ukraine officially and the, the problem was Preceding that, there have been 45 uh, UFO military fighter encounters with two Russians killed and one had escaped but crashed the craft. And so it's the, the, the question becomes is, are these things just getting to a point where they say, well, you've shot at us enough, now we're going to teach you a lesson. And the more and more we talk about militarizing things in the air, the more we talk about, hey, they're invading our airspace, even though maybe they've been here for thousands of years longer than us, it seems as though we're entering that new UFO Cold War, which was probably would not be a good idea. This would be the equivalent of trying to take on a submachine gun nest with rocks and sticks. But we'll take a look at this article here. It says, uh, encounters with small unidentified objects, sometimes in swarm-like groups, as many as eight. Sighting of other objects, including some, characterizes drones flying in altitudes up to 36,000 feet and as fast as Mach 0.75, another apparent small drone actually hitting the canopy of an F-16 Viper causing damage. These incidents and many more all occurred in or around various military air combat training ranges in Arizona since January 2020. So this is a lot of stuff that's not really being covered in the news. It says the events are described in reports from the Federal Aviation Administration, FAA, filed over roughly a three-year period. Overall, the data points to what are often categorized as drones, but many of which are actually unidentified objects, as well as what do appear to be drones or uncrewed aerial systems, UAS. Intruding into these restricted warning areas with alarming regularity. So I guess if it's a UFO and you don't want to call it a UFO, you call it a uncrewed aerial systems, a UAS. That must be the new term now. It's got a couple of cool pictures here. I'll put a link at the buy me a coffee website. I just thedrive.com. They do so much good work. It says Mark Siocati, a contributor to the War Zone, has been able to obtain additional particularly partially redacted reports about a number of these incidents from the U.S. Air Force's Safety Center via the Freedom of Information Act or FOIA that provide additional insights. Socoty, together with Adam Kehoe, another one of our contributors, had first begun to notice a clustering of reports of unusual aerial encounters in southwestern Arizona back in 2021. An interactive online tool they created for the war zone that leverages the FAA's public database of drone-related incident reports helped highlight that trend. They've got this really cool looking map here and you can see basically a big hot spot there in this Arizona, Southern California area on one side of the country and then over here on the uh, east coast of Virginia, uh, South Carolina, right along that, almost the Washington Beltway almost, maybe a little south of that. but. Lots of stuff going on there, militarily wise, no doubt. And these things seem to be very curious about what we're doing. Now it goes on, it says, uh, Arizona is host to major air combat training areas. Interesting. When it comes to the Air Force, Arizona is home to Luke Air Force Base and Davis-Montham Air Force Base. Luke has long been a major training hub for US Air Force and foreign F-35 and F-16 pilots though its work with the F16 has been steadily diminishing in recent years davis montham currently hosts units flying a variety of aircraft including A10 Warthog ground attack jets and EC130H Compass Call electronic warfare planes as well as the unit that oversees the US military's famous boneyard that is part of the sprawling installation of course you know they got thousands and thousands of planes stored out there it's like i think it's the world's biggest junkyard for air, for jets and airplanes Units of the Arizona Air National Guard also operate from various bases in the southern end of the state. This includes Morris Air National Guard Base, which is, which is, collocated with Tucson International Airport in the city of the same name, and that also hosts the Air National Guard Air Force Reserve Command Test Center, Marine Corps Air Station MCAS Yuma, a major testing and training base for that service that hosts multiple F-35 squadrons as well as units flying various other aircrafts is some 140 miles southwest of Luke. So you get the picture here and you can look at this map, I mean basically Arizona and Southern California just covered these bases. Just covered. They're all over the place. And of course you know they gotta have this, they have this re- restricted airspace above the base that stretches for miles and miles that allows these guys to do their training exercise um, you know, trained to dogfight, whatever. What a perfect place for a UFO to show up and spy on us or figure out what we're doing or just determine what kind of a th- threat level that we present. It says the reports of unidentified objects, especially the ones involving groups of them flying together are particularly interesting given the surge in interest in recent years in what are now often referred to as an unidentified aerial phenomena, but have previously more commonly been known as unidentified flying objects ufos members of congress are increasingly pushing for more declassification of general transparency from the u.s military and intelligence community on these matters these calls from legislatures have only grown in the wake of allegations of a massive cover-up of intelligence officials and air force veteran turned whistleblower david grush which you can read more about here yeah he definitely has seems to have provoked some interest in all this now it says beyond all that, Arizona is of course no stranger to reports of unusual drone activity and UAP sightings in 2016, a Tucson police helicopter had an encounter with a mysteriously with a mysteriously capable drone in the skies of that city. In other words, this drone was doing things that drones can't do. It was a UFO, but we're going to go ahead and call it a drone. Some five years later, a. US Customs and Border Protection helicopter was involved in an incident with a similar puzzling UAS. Wow, why not just call it a UFO? It's unidentified, you don't know what it is, so you just give it a name. It's unmanned. Well, you think it's unmanned. I mean, maybe it's AI controlled. Let's just say that it's doing things that our drones sure can't do. <laughs> Doesn't look like something you picked up at Walmart, that's for sure. The Warzone was the first to report on the worrying appearance of drone swarms over the Palo Verde nuclear power plant in Arizona across multiple nights in September 2019. I did at least one, maybe two or three uh, podcasts on this back in 2019, talking about these drones showing up over the nuclear power plant, how that just violated every kind of protocol imaginable. When people complained about it, the only thing that they, that they were told was don't shoot down the drones, just the same way they were told that in Colorado and Nebraska and whatnot when these things were flying in formation. Yeah. Somebody... Somebody flying these things around that property. Around that if it's the Chinese or the Russians, we need to find out. But th- there just seemed to be a, an intolerable level of incuriousness around this. Nobody seemed to care. It goes on and says, There's also the matter of the crews of an American airline flight and a Phoenix Air Charter business jet reporting encounters with what appeared to be the same UAP in the skies in the southern part of the state near the border with New Mexico the year before. I also did a podcast on that. How you could say it was the same UAP seems a little presumptuous to me. I mean, you could just say a similar UFO, I think would be the correct term there. It goes on, it says the state is home to the notorious Phoenix Lights mass sighting in 1997, which remains a topic of discussion to this day. Well, I don't know if notorious is the correct word there, what was notorious was the way that Governor Fife Symington handled it afterwards by just making fun of people and, and, as far as I'm concerned, discrediting himself to this day. I know now he says, well, I shouldn't have done this or that, but we were under so much pressure. Your people were so scared, you know, you had dogs running with cats, and, and it, was, it was just just awful. I had, to, I had to calm the situation down by bringing out this uh, actor dressed in an alien suit and uh, just poo-pooing the whole thing. That's not how you handle that situation. Okay, the adult thing to do is to say, well, we've seen some really strange things last night, and we don't know what it is. But we saw something. So he didn't he didn't need to deal with it. All that does, is, as far as I'm concerned with Fife-Symington, that's a good example of how a government official can just destroy their own credibility and the credibility of the office that they hold. Now it says, incidents in Arizona have in turn long highlighted the growing threat that USA's excuse me, UFOs present, including outside of traditional battlefields. This is something that Warzone has been highlighting as a very real concern now and still evolving issue for years, including the context of UFO discussions and how problematic it is that these two issues are so closely intertwined. I don't know, man. People have been reporting UFOs, uh, I don't know, at least since the Middle Ages, probably when they were drawing pictures of them on on cave walls. And other than some abductions here and there and some cattle there hasn't been a lot of widespread destruction with these things. And it seems like maybe you should think about it before you poke the bear. I, it, just, it just puzzles me why these guys are so excited about the possibility of getting into a dogfight with one of these things. Like I said, it's like attacking a machine gun nest with rocks and sticks. It goes on and says it should be noted up front that not all of the reports about the incidents in the skies over the US military training bases in Arizona during the twenty twenty three time frame are necessarily notable, at least based on the information currently in hand. Some part of the uptick in overall incidents may be explained by the growing prevalence of consumer grade drones, something that has appeared in other similar data sets in the past. All right. I don't know, man. I don't know anybody personally out there flying a drone around. Okay. They act like there's just millions of them, including the sky. That and random people setting off uh, balloons. So this seems a little, I don't know, covering your tracks. Why not just say, we don't know what's going on here. Now, it's got just a bunch of these things listed. Um, it, here's one from 2021. Uh, it's all written in kind of, a lot of it's written in kind of gobbledygook uh, jargon some of it it's kind of they've talked about it he says there have been a number of encounters and then it says here's one for instance on march 29th 2021 two pilots flying f-35s in the vicinity of buckeye arizona a suburb of phoenix made a report three to four uas we're going to call them ufos off the right side while eastbound at seventeen thousand feet according to the faa on April 22, 2022, F-35 pilot reported eight silver—I'm going to call them UFOs—at an altitude between 16,000 and 20,000 feet in the vicinity of Glendale, Arizona, and Phoenix suburb. Another entry in the FAA log says Arizona Buckeye Prelim info from FAA then describes the incident reported three to four UAS off right sidewall eastbound at 17,000 feet. So you can see what's happening here. You're having these verified sightings. The FAA hides this stuff for two or three years. And then when they do release it, it's pretty much written in, in, in the FAA jargon, the, the, the radio speak they're using back and forth. So as a way not to upset anybody, you don't hear the pilot say, hey, I'm looking at my left-hand window here and I'm seeing a giant silver disc. He might say, uh, I'm looking out my you know, port side window here and we have a... UAS, approximately thirty feet across. Confirm. See, do you get the, do you get the gist here? Because if they spoke the truth, the unvarnished truth, and those pilot logs got out to the public, wow, the FAA might have to be accountable. And was it Timbershed or another congressman that said that they tried to get uh, uh, a couple lines interjected into a bill where the FAA would have to report these things to Congress, and it conveniently got removed. So. I don't know if that's just because they're lazy. I mean, a lot of if you're a government employee, no offense, I'm sure it's not you. But I've worked with a few of them that are lazy, or maybe this is some kind of a top-down thing where they're just told, "Hey, this is this is where the reports come in at, and this is where we need to squelch them because if they get too much attention at this level, where the pilot reports them, then that causes problems down the road." That goes on. It has a couple more here listed. This is from 422. 22. Arizona Glendale preliminary info from FAA. And then it says uh, F-35 reported eight silver. Okay, we got these UAS. And what they mean, say, is UFOs between 16,000 and 21,000 feet. And then no, ev- no evasive action taken. Uh, law enforcement notification not reported. So in other words, one of our military guys seen eight UFOs. 16 to 21,000 feet, right where an airplane might be flying, or even maybe a low-flying uh, passenger jet. Uh, nothing happened. He didn't feel threatened enough to take, it, to take a evasive action, but he saw eight silver UAS. They just keep changing that number. What would the average person even know what a UAS was? That it was actually a UFO. And then it goes on here. It says uh, fighter jets in the skies over southwestern Arizona have been encountering apparent drones. How do you know they're drones and why is it apparent? It's not apparent to me with unusual characteristics and sometimes at far higher altitudes than typical consumer grade types can operate at as well. So in other words, over the most militarized zone in the world, you've got drones that could only be built by the military interfering with our fighter pilots. And as an author, you have the audacity to call these things drones that don't appear to be commercial grade. Come on, man. Just man up and call these things UFOs. For example, on March 25th, 2021, pilots and a pair of F-35s flying in the vicinity of Casa Grande, Arizona, which is situated between Phoenix and Tucson, reported a large white UAS, I'm going to call it a UFO again, at 24,000 feet, according to one entry in the FAA logs. The object, which appeared to be stationary, was described as a small, small, General Aviation Aircraft, or a very large UAS. Yeah, another one of the, what could it have been a flying car. Could it have been a man on a flying bicycle. Maybe it was Jetpack Man. Come on. So they're seeing these UFOs. They're reporting them in code because nobody wants to be depersoned. Okay? I'll go through in a couple more here. This is from... Uh, March 25th, 2021. In the, uh, go, in the gop jargon, it says Arizona, Casa Grande, prelim info from FAA Ops. Casa Grande, Arizona, UAS incident, late report, 1613M, Albuquerque, R. TCC advised 2 F35s reported a large white UAS while inbound at FL2435 SSE Stanfield Vortac. the object which happened to be a which happened to be stationary was described as a small GA aircraft or a very large UAS no evasive action taken to Hano Odem national police was notified yeah so the uh, advise the reservation police officers that they've got a uh, pretty good-sized UFO hovering over uh, over the reservation. I'm sure they'll get right on that. But we just talk about this thing, it, it, and it's like, it's like they live in a parallel universe, man. They really do. It says, when it comes to higher-altitude encounters, the pilots of the two F-35s observed a blue-green, I'm going to call it a UFO, while southbound a FL-360. at 36,000 feet near Glendale on March the 1st, 2021, per the FAA logs. On September 28th of that year, the individual at the controls of another F-35 observed a UFO while southwestbound at FL-320, that's 32,000 feet, according to another entry. The full entries for both of these incidents are reproduced below. And I could read through them, but it's just more gobbledygook. Look, they're speaking in code. Because they don't want you to know what's happening. They are having encounters with these UFOs constantly. If they call them a UAS on the radio. And someone happens to be listening in somehow. They're probably not even going to know what they're hearing. Secondly, they take these reports. And they bury them in the FAA for one to three years. And then when they release a report. It's gobbledygook. Just like what I just read you. The average person... The average lazy journalist is not going to sit down and read the thing and say, oh, that's what it means. Okay. And then the average journalist that does take the time to sit down and read it has such a bias toward these things being some sort of military op that they can't get their head around it. So instead of just saying, look, the military and the FAA are colluding to call these things UAS and pretend that they are drones or unmanned airplanes. That's just nonsense, okay? It, it, it makes no sense. There's not enough evidence to show that that's even within the realm of possibilities because drones can't do what these things are doing. This journalist could have taken the time and said, let's just be honest and call these things unidentified flying objects. They're in the air. They're flying, or I guess you could call them unidentified hovering objects. But we don't know what they are. So to pretend that we know that there's some kind of drone that... We can't buy at the retail that there's some sort of military drone that is too advanced for the Russians or the Chinese to have and that they're showing up right over the most militarized airspace in the world just seems a little presumptuous to me now I'll go ahead and I'll take a look here uh, at one more because I know that the podcast is getting kind of long and I'll put this link up at the buy me a coffee website because it's a very long article these guys do really good detailed work although I have to say they are uh, they they are a little bit uh, a little bit too mainline as far as far as my taste goes as far as trying to figure out what these things are now it says event aircraft EA1 observed four small objects at FL-200 slowly moving eastbound in R-230IE evasive maneuvers required. In other words, they saw a UFO and they had to get out of the way. Approximately one hour later, Event Aircraft 2, EA-2, encountered two separate small, two separate groups of small objects while operating an R-230-1E. The first observation was at FL 210 of a second single object. Second observation was FL 145 of approximately eight small objects. EA1 and EA2 both reported observations to range management control. No further observations reported. Both EA1 and EA2 flight returned to base without further incident. Now, they've gone ahead and they've broken this down here. And it says, and then I'll finish up with this. A description of the two incidents in R2301E on December thirteenth, twenty 2022 from, this, from the subsequent HATR U.S. Air Force via FOIA. So they had to, you, somebody had to sit down and write a Freedom of Information request letter to the government to get this stuff. It ought to be on a website somewhere. It says the first observation was at FL210, that's 21,000 feet. Of a single object, according to HATR, the second observation was at FL 145, that's 14,500 feet, of approximately eight small objects. So you got two sightings: one at 21,000 feet of one object, and the second sighting is at 14,500 feet, and that's about a mile and a half lower, of approximately, it says, eight small objects. So who knows how many are actually there? The unredacted portions of HTRA A do not say that the second F. 35 had to maneuver evasively in either of those instances. That's weird. It says slowly moving eastbound in R230IE, evasive maneuvers required. Now that's what it says. That, that That's a transcript from the pilot. Evasive maneuvers required. But when they get the breakdown of this from FAA, it says, and I'm reading this, The unredacted portions of the HATR, that's a report, I suppose, do not say that the second F-35 had to maneuver evasively in either of those instances. Sounds to me like you're getting two reports. One redacted, and apparently they just forgot this first one, to, to take that part out, where you get all the good stuff. And then the unredacted, where you think you're getting the actual report, but actually what's happened is you're getting a different report. Yeah, boy, they're, they're slick. It says both jets involved in these separate encounters with groups of objects in the sky, which were from the Air Force's 56th Fighter Wing at Luke Air Force Base and were conducting training sorties at the time, were able to return to the base without further incident. The next day, December 14th, a pilot of another 56th Fighter Wing F 35 on a training sortie in the southeastern portion of R2301E made a report about a small metallic object, according to FAA. The accompanying Air Force HATR for this incident notes that the jet's pilot first observed a radar-significant object at 21,000 feet and that the pilot then visually identified it as a small, black, and metallic object. Sounds kind of like the Mosul orb. That report does not indicate that there was any need for evasive action and that the aircraft, which was not one of the two involved in either of the encounters the day before, returned to Luke without any further Disruption. That's what you call a sanitized report, right there. Sanitized, no evas, no evasive, action needed. Anyway, it's got a bunch of more reports on here, man. I, I mean, you could spend a day reading them. I'm going to put the link up. Take a look at it. It's from the drive.com. but what it shows us is, is that Arizona is for sure a hotbed of UFO activity. These sayings are right there at the sport at the Air Force. Sometimes they seem to be interfering with with our own military actions. Uh, something weird's going on here, and, and I guess we'll have to keep following this story. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.